is in the know for Tuesday, June 7, the 158th day of 2022. There are 207 days left in the year. Good morning, MB, guiding you through in the know at K105 on Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose, live online at K105.com via the Apple and Android smartphone app using the SoundCloud or iTunes podcast on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and the hashtag is in the know. Coming up today, we'll update you on the latest news headlines from around the county, uh, the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. The weekly COVID update is out. That came out of Frankfurt yesterday. We'll tell you about that. Elon Musk, is he being wishy-washy? Who knows? But we will have the return of the water cooler question. That and a whole lot more coming up today here on In The Nose. Settling into my left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire, is my beautiful wife, the beautiful girl. It's Beach. Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm okay. Uh, you've been known to like uh, an animal or two. Oh, yeah. You like going to the zoo from time to time. <laughs> I do. Here's your warm and fuzzy story of the morning. The Cincinnati Zoo has adopted a puppy companion for a newborn cheetah cub. Look you how see that? Sweet. So you got a cheetah cub and they uh, it needed a companion. So they have uh their cheetah cub is named Rosie, R O Z I, and her new companion is Daisy. And so they adopted Daisy from the Animal Rescue Fund where the uh, puppy had five litter mates looking for a forever <laughs> family. So the zoo, does it seem weird? The zoo adopted a dog yeah. from a rescue. It kind of makes sense. I, I, just, I guess. But what are they going to do when they both grow up? Huh. That's a good question. Because the cub, I mean, they'll still be friends, but won't the cub be put in with yeah, that's adults? Yeah, that's a good question. What happened in the fox and the hound when they got off? Did they were they able to work it out? Yeah. Copper. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> he is a five-time winner of the Coveted Ohio NewsHawk Award. He's a two-time Silver Sound nominee, covering every corner of the globe. London, Budapest, Rio, Tokyo, and Cincinnati. He's Sam Gormley and the Sparks. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. How you doing? Good. You been to the Cincinnati Zoo? Oh, plenty of times. I was going to say, you probably were an annual pass holder. No, never that, but it was always a field trip. Yeah. You know, it was especially in elementary school, but they already have a dog that is with one of the cheetahs, and they're best friends. Till to this day, they're probably They already? Yes. So this is like a... this is is a... uh, an ongoing... I, I don't know what the word is, but an ongoing thing that the zoo usually does is that they match up. A cheetah, and I'll, uh, in fact, while we're talking, I'll see if I can find oh, a picture yeah, here it is. Of, of the old... Chris, another Chris, cheetah Remus at the facility. And Remus, I think, is Remus, the dog. Chris and Remus Am I right met, on that? Wow. Yep, okay. Chris and Remus met in 2019. But do they oh. go back in with the, the, the others, like the other cheetahs? Mm. Now, that, that That's I, my question. That I don't is, know, but I'll, I'll try and see. I can see that the best friends don't hurt each other, but yeah. with the other. What do they do when they get around yeah. their well, friends? I, don't I mean, the... The other cheetah tells the other cheetahs that, no, this is Don't my friend. Do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Remus is good people. Uh-huh. Leave, leave Remus alone. Just because you can't speak cheetah doesn't mean that they don't speak cheetah. <laughs> yeah, I guess there's some cheetah speaking going on there. Uh, Sam, are you the one who doesn't like the phrase YOLO? I have no 
You have no, no you're opinion. indifferent. But it seemed like there's some particular common Adulting. phrase. Uh, you, yes, that's what Adulting. you don't yeah, like. You don't. I, I don't know. I, it just makes me cringe. According to Reader's Digest, linguists have put together a list of the most annoying phrases. Some of us may be guilty of some of these. Some of us may be guilty of several of these. Uh, thanks in advance. Well, you what are you supposed to say? When you do what I ask, then I'll thank you. I, I don't, I don't, uh-huh. at the end of the day, with all due respect, just saying, I personally, and it is what it is. I've probably used most of, most of those at yeah. some point. It is what it is. I feel like that's a real popular one. I, it is popular, but you know, sometimes it just is what it is. It's like, it's just going to be what it's going to be. Um, Sometimes it is. It just it, is what it is. Right. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Um, I don't like to be honest with you, because that I know that's a crutch for people, and they're mm-hmm. saying I'm being direct with you, mm-hmm. or I'm I'm going to be a straight shooter. Or I'm not going to dance around it. Be, to be honest with you, but I always hear it as okay. So if you hadn't said to be honest with mm-hmm. you, you were going to lie all over me. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that's the one that I just I, I can't say that I've never done it. But I try really hard not to do it, so I hope that I am successful with that. Some of those others, though, thanks in advance. I Just being a polite person, I don't know what else I would say in that case. If I've asked you to do something and I trust you're going to do it, is this Chris and Remus? That's Chris and Remus. So is this um, – you found this on your own or is this from your mom's school? No, this is not from okay. my mom's school. This All is right. just something that I that I found on the was, good old Google. I was going to say, if Adele took that photograph, I mean, yeah, she wow, might have, she captured it. She might have it. some it pictures. Was, it was wonderful there, the way that she captured it. There's another that. one. It won't work, but it will pop up on the screen. So gotcha. Go. Uh, Chris and Remus seem to be – they're buddies. The two best friends that anyone could have. Uh, still have uh, more thunderstorms to dodge later on today. We got a really nice soaking rain yesterday. It rained heavy for a while, and we actually needed it. We'd gone for a period of it being pretty dry, or the precipitation we got was quick and gone. A lot of it, you know, had had run off. But this will be uh, this. The rain we got yesterday will serve to uh, keep everything moist and. The timing will be everything this weekend when it comes to our weather conditions. We'll see a system expected Friday afternoon and Sunday afternoon. Start kind of keeping an eye. A few thunderstorms today, 40% chance, a high of 85. Mostly cloudy, 30% chance of rain tonight. Low of 67. Afternoon thunderstorms, 70% chance of that and a high of 84 for tomorrow is what you can expect. Mercy, gas prices have spiked again. Um, 479 locally between the lakes as of yesterday. I was told in Jefferson County, we were in Jefferson County on Saturday, but I didn't pay any attention to any, um, didn't pay any attention to any gasoline signs because I didn't need it. So they just sort of blend in. But I was told gasoline in Jefferson County has gone over $5 a gallon. I don't know if that is a sign of things to come. I'm getting, you know, I'm getting varying reports. I'm hearing some people say they're, you know, get ready for them to go even even higher. It it does make me know. It, so let's just say, for instance, where's the breaking point? You know, some of the some of the escalation in gasoline prices are designed to slow people down, and I don't I don't know where that threshold is. I don't I know that. You know, people are making different choices. If gasoline were to go to $7 a gallon and, um, you know, the minimum wage in Kentucky is, say, seven twenty-five, 
you'd have to spend the first day, you'd have to spend the first hour of every work day probably covering your transportation costs for the day just to come up with a gallon of gasoline. So I don't know how long it could uh, it could stay that way, but it's a 25-cent spike over the last week, nearly 60-cent jump over the past month, and then over $2 more than it was even this time last year, which was, was higher. So the national average... Um, they're expecting the national average to be 505 in less than two weeks' time. So 487 a gallon is the national average right now. You'll get uh, a little varying mileage depending upon where you are. The now weekly COVID uh, metrics and census report came out yesterday, and none of the numbers are better than they were the previous week. 9,761 new cases were reported over the last seven days compared to 7,140 the previous week. Deaths had fallen, but were back up. They fell from 79 on May 23rd to 37 last week, but back up to 59 as of yesterday's report, and positivity up to 12.42%. In the extremes of the Commonwealth, you're seeing some red. Uh, Green up Lewis, Carter, Boyd yep. counties, Pike counties, Crittenden, was yeah, that McCracken? Northeast and far west. Yeah, kind of northeast and far west. Um, don't have a, a whole lot of details on you, but we for you. But we learned this morning there was a fatal workplace accident in Elizabethtown that uh, has taken the life of a young man. The Elizabethtown Police Department has uh, confirmed that officers responded to Matalsa at 750 North Black Branch Road to the report of a fatal accident. The investigation produced that 24-year-old Lance Weinmiller of Elizabethtown was killed when he was struck by a forklift. He was pronounced dead at the scene. And so tragedy there at that employer, which uh, I know many regional people have people connected to that. So um, wanted to make you aware of those details. A Litchfield teenager suffered injuries after his truck flipped onto its top on Lilac Road yesterday afternoon about 5.50. A Chevrolet 1500 came out of a curve, lost control in the rainy conditions, left the roadway, uh, entered into a grassy area, struck a utility pole, or at least brushed up against it. Uh, luckily, no serious injuries involved in that accident transported uh, from a teenager transported from Lilac Road to, uh, I believe, uh, Owensboro Health Twin Lakes in their emergency department. An Ohio County felon has been accused of kidnapping and raping a 12-year-old girl in Hartford. The details of this are tragic. The Hartford Police Department says the girl was underneath the stairs at the Ohio County Public Library in Hartford on Wednesday night, and she was using the library's Internet access when 30-year-old Brett Allen... Uh, Brett Allen McKinney of Hartford approached her and uh, forced her into a vehicle. And I'll just let you uh, investigate on your own with the story at K105.com if you need to, if you need those details for some reason. But suffice it to say, after he uh, kidnapped her and took her to a storage unit, they an investigation was produced and he has been charged with uh, first-degree rape, unlawful imprisonment, kidnapping, et cetera. He's being held in the Ohio County Detention Center on a $50,000 cash bond. <laughs> Kentucky State Representative Savannah Maddox yesterday was poised to officially enter the crowded field of GOP candidates running for governor in 2023, portraying herself as an authentic Republican fighter in hopes of outflanking her rivals with her ultra-conservative themes. 
Maddox, who is from Dry Ridge, launched a campaign website ahead of her scheduled big announcement. And it's uh, her home territory there in northern Kentucky and a key battleground in next year's GOP primary, setting the tone for her campaign. The website says that she is unyield- it's, uh, she has unyielding determination to protect our constitutional rights and liberties, has set a precedent for what Kentuckians should expect when they put their trust in a public servant. She's 34 years of age. She's been an outspoken opponent of Governor Bashir. She's only been in the legislature since 2018. I don't know what to make of her entry. Uh, it's a crowded field already. and I There's nine. I, I don't know that not every, all of the nine are legitimate. Yes. But I think nine is the number right Some now. of the nine, you don't even know their names. Uh-huh. But the names you do know, uh, Daniel Cameron, the Attorney General, the Ag Commissioner Ryan Quarles, State Auditor Mike Harmon, and now Representative Savannah Maddox. I presume she announced that officially last night. I think she was Yeah. She was poised to. But even from a household name status, when you've got Cameron, Quarles, Harmon, and now Maddox, it makes you wonder how many of these candidates are resume building for maybe lieutenant governorships or I don't and I don't know if that doesn't work exactly the same in Kentucky that it does uh, for president and vice president, you know, on the on the presidential stage, whoever wins the nomination can take another one of the candidates who didn't get the nomination and put them on the ticket and make them the vice presidential candidate. There's coalition building that happens like that all the time. Not sure the I'm not sure the same uh, opportunities line up in Kentucky for that, but it just it does make Mike Harmon is a guy who was out there early on. You know, he he got out there early of the names that you know and said, okay, Mike Harmon's running for governor. But then you knew the Camerons and the Quarles of the world were interested in the job. Kelly Craft hasn't gotten in, and I think the fact that that these other people are in say to me that she's not getting in. So Republicans will have an important uh, important choice. Be interesting to see how it, you know how how it goes. Uh, she's going to be popular with you know maybe the more ultra conservatives in northern Kentucky. Quarles has really brought appeal rurally. I think Cameron is po- is popular rurally, but where he should be popular in the Louisville and the Lexington and the and the Elizabeth towns of the world, maybe he has maybe he's not as popular with uh, some of the voting block there. So I I don't know. It will be interesting to see how it shakes out. It's going to be a very competitive primary probably heading into next too. year. And it, probably an expensive one, ab- absolutely. Uh, but you're seeing, you know, if you think of it this way, this state fair will be the last state fair before the primary next May. This fancy farm will be the last fancy farm before the prime. So you'll th- see things really start to get competitive late August and in rolling into the county fair season, et cetera. So uh, who knows? Maybe she's got some some ground to make up since she's kind of late late to the party. Kentucky took a step yesterday to turn a massive settlement into action to combat opioid addiction. Attorney General Daniel Cameron announced members of a group overseeing the state share. Many people are calling it a windfall. It's uh, $483 million from settlements finalized this year with drug maker Johnson & Johnson and three major distributors as part of a $26 billion uh, nationwide settlement, calling the opioid addiction epidemic the greatest public safety challenge of our uh, lifetime. Half of Kentucky settlement will flow directly to cities and counties, 
for opioid abuse abatement efforts. The commission will oversee the state's half. will be interesting to see what wise investments, hopefully wise investments, they can make in this uh, nearly half a billion dollars in the opioid settlement. Now, that half a billion dollars will never give the people who have lost loved ones due to opioid abuse back, will not return those loved ones. It can't make every family whole again that was ruined or broken because of this. But hopefully this half a billion dollars can see that the problem doesn't get worse and we don't repeat these mistakes because there is you can you can just look at all you have to do is look across the landscape of local communities and you see a generation of missing workers you see a generation of parents missing or an unfair percentage of parents who are missing from the household you see too many children living with grandchildren because of opioid abuse and the it will be we're still kind of on the we're in we're in the recovery mode from that i hope because the 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 numbers have kind of turned but it will be interesting in 20 years from now to look back and do a study back on this period of time from the late the late o's through the teens and actually look at the true damage that opioid abuse cause to our society. It, we need so. more of those, like, is it in Ashland in eastern Kentucky? I know Matt Jones wrote about it in his book about the uh, – where it's the facilities where people who – recovering addicts can go and they can do art or do, mm-hmm. you know, woodworking or what or – what, I'm trying to remember the details, but they don't come to mind right away. We need more of those. I think that those are will be very successful. And I know that one has been very successful. It's like a model. It is. And uh, Congressman Hal Rogers is I extremely – is extremely proud of the work that they've been able to do to try and create some of these pilot programs. To and let's take uh, some of this money and and let's spread that. Let's let's mm-hmm. mark that. You know, It'll be if it works in Ashland, I think it could work in Litchfield. Sure, and I think Ashland's maybe a little bigger than Litchfield, but not that much bigger. Bigger, bigger, but not so big that it's not possible. But yeah, I think there's. Um, and I I will say also, you've got to have. Uh, you need to have. Your community needs to be welcoming of those opportunities because too often we have that NIMBY attitude. Well, we want those things, but I don't want it in my backyard or I don't want it in my neighborhood or mm-hmm. I don't want to, you know, I want it, but I want to keep it over there where I can. And and that's just not, when that's you've just got not the way that it works. Too, you walk, drive some of the, through these small towns. I just saw Ashland, just over 20,000 people. So okay. Very yeah. similar. Yeah. Uh, you drive through some of these small towns and there's empty buildings everywhere. Let's turn those buildings into some of these facilities. Yeah, there's plenty of available commercial real estate in uh, communities across the the commonwealth and the country super regional matchups are set for the ncaa baseball tournament uh notre dame notre dame at uh tennessee let's let's go irish yeah really connecticut at stanford auburn at oregon state auburn they they hadn't won a home super regional series in a long time uh, Oklahoma at Virginia Tech, Louisville at Texas A&M, Texas at East Carolina, Ole Miss at Southern Miss, Arkansas at North Carolina. Cards got lucky yesterday. 
Yes, I mean they. I mean they got lucky, lucky or good or uh, something. What they had to come back in all three games. Is that right? They had to make a comeback. Well, no, they 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 handled the the middle one. Oh, they did the middle twenty one to one. They oh, won. gotcha. It was yeah. lopsided. Yeah. Uh, Tim Couch has been placed on the College Football Hall of Fame ballot. He is one of eighty players and nine coaches. So it's Jimmy Fikes too. Jimmy Fikes from Fikes Field? Yes. Okay. Do you have a vote? Are you voting in that Hall of Fame? I didn't no, know if I got to vote for the Bengals yet. Hall of Fame, but I didn't get to vote for this one. Okay, so uh, so maybe maybe I get to vote on that one. So, yeah. Your put, dad might. Put, put, who knows? You never know. He might. Very possible. Got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got plenty on, more on the way. Hang around here on In the Know. Today is Chocolate Ice Cream Day. Mm. Just, just chocolate? Chocolate ice like, cream day. Yeah, we had ice cream. Oh, no, that was a question. Trivia question. Oh, uh, yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. It's uh, celebrating one of the most popular flavors, but not the most popular flavor. Vanilla. Vanilla is still the most popular flavor. Chocolate is the runner-up, though, at 9%. 29% of people say vanilla. 9% say chocolate. Everything else from there. Uh, chocolate, you know, there are times you just want chocolate ice cream. That's. I'd be curious what would be number three on that list. It's. Uh, I wouldn't think it'd be strawberry. I don't. No, think I don't think it would be strawberry either. Cookies and cream. Butter probably. Pecan. Mm, butter pecan. I do. Good. Butter pecan's one of my favorites, but I think it's got like the stigma of not probably being high enough to be number three. Maybe. VCR day honoring the TV video recorder. Alaya ever seen one? Introduce. Uh, you probably. I don't think so. Probably not. I mean, no, I don't think so. Uh, the <laughs> Sony Betamax was introduced this date in 1975. Now, uh, I was watching CNN did a series back some months ago called, uh, it was about the 80s generation, like a six-part series. Yeah, those are cool. They do a really good job on those. And I had missed the one. I actually started it last night because there wasn't much else to watch. But it it was um, it was the episode that talked about... It was Jane Fonda, and when the Jane Fonda workout just blew up, <laughs> and she is she gets a lot of credit for their becoming a VCR in most every American household between 1981 and 1989. 1981, there were basically none. In 1989, there was one basically in every home. She was hesitant to put her uh, Jane Fonda workouts on VCR tape because at that point, most of the popularity in the VCR was coming from the adult entertainment world. And so there was a stigma involved there that she didn't want to be associated with that. She thought people would think that she was that, you know, that's what, that's what industry she was in. But because of the popularity of her, of the infomercial and being convincing on the, I don't know if it was jazzercise, but whatever it is that she, uh, you know, her, her workouts. And so she gets a lot of credit for that, that paved hmm. the way for the video rental industry, industry period. So kind of interesting information. Yeah, those, those are very interesting though those decade boobies things i mean i lived through it but seeing it with a different perspective you know see, seeing it with adult eyes looking back to yeah so that see, see i guess in the same realm i watched the 2000s one yeah. which is i guess the same we were about the same age then mm-hmm. considering yep uh and it was really interesting because you you see the things that when you were a kid yeah it started with the 1980 olympic games when the u.s men's hockey team the the miracle on ice mm-hmm. happened in February of 80 and that paved the way 
that's right when uh, that's right, right. You know, Reagan was elected that year, and it created this sense of patriotism. And coming out of the seventies, uh, America was kind of down in the mouth about itself, kind of like. <laughs> and there was a sequence of events, and they give a lot of credit to the Miracle on Ice, which gave this huge patriotism, and America is back, and all that stuff. That do you uh, believe in miracles? Yeah, and they and Al Michaels was on there too mm-hmm. with the uh, with oh. that. One of the best. And then today is Daniel Boone Day. This date in 1769, Daniel Boone first saw the forests and valleys valleys of present-day Kentucky. There we go. Daniel Boone discovered Kentucky, this date in 1769. Uh, He wasn't the first one here, but he gets the credit for for discovering it. He is, um, by the way, I know a lot of people get him mixed up with Davy Crockett. Mm-hmm. Daniel Boone did not wear a coonskin cap. Mm-hmm. David Daniel Boone wore a felt cap. A felt hat is what Daniel Boone preferred. So if you are channeling your inner Daniel Boone today, don't do coonskin cap. That's a Tennessee thing. Mm-hmm. Anna and I found a puppy at Daniel Boone Park. Yes, yeah, yes. That was quite well, the... I'm, yes, you did. I'm from Boone County, so it, it works. There you go. See, it worked. Why are you not wearing your felt hat? I uh, I have a lot of hats, but I'm not <laughs> sure I have one that are felt. Elon Musk is threatening to walk away from the Twitter deal. He is threatening to walk away from his $44 billion bid to buy Twitter, accusing the company of refusing to give him information about its spam bot and fake accounts. It will be interesting to see if this deal goes sideways. We will have Elon Musk to thank for the exposure of not just Twitter, but probably social media. He will have had the coin to be able to force social media companies to the table and sort of let you look under the hood at really the way things are. And it could it could be very helpful in solving some of America's problems because the social media platforms are really just serving to... Uh, they are serving to artificially inflate certain things that people are infuriated about. Or they are at least allowing their platforms to sit back and be used for ill will to where they artificially make us mad about things. Like you see this tweet or you see this post and you think, oh, I can't believe that people are saying that or people are doing that. Well, they turn American against American, thinking, well, my neighbor's over there, you know, with this completely different political ideology than I have. I'm going to go over there and confront him about it. And they're using the worst in us against ourselves. Is that social media doing that or is that just Americans bringing that out of themselves? Well, that's what this this is what I think this is what the important part of the Elon Musk thing is, is that because here's the thing. You can just scroll past it. You know that, right? You don't have to leave a comment. Oh, without a doubt. But my thing is, is that it is altering the landscape of the way that people actually feel. Like you, you get a sense of there being a majority of people feeling a certain way about something and you get incensed by it and you think that's the way that people are. When really, if you could remove the bots and the spam and the people who are just trying to push your buttons... Then there's a different then there's a different outcome. Well, I think also in that realm of social media, you can completely craft your social media to whatever you want to hear. 
And that that is, I mean, whatever, you know, if you're right wing, you can make your social media more of that. Mm-hmm. If you're left wing, you can make it look more than that. And, and that's kind of the downside, too, is that we're not getting as many opportunities to hear both sides and hear legitimate of both sides. But I use the, I go back to the examples of social media during charged political times when there are people, whether they're Russians or whether they're bots or whether they're, whether they're Americans, just trying to stir up trouble, they will say, Group A protesting this event at the corner of A Street and 1 Street. A Street and 1st Avenue, they'll be protesting. And then they go in and they create an event and they say people who are anti that thing will be at the corner of of B Street and 3rd sec- Avenue and they just happen to be opposite corners and they say, oh good, let's see what happens. You know, they invite people to the same place and then they show this false narrative of things that are happening and the rest of us look at it and go, wow, that's really what people are doing. That was all created by something something false. That was somebody who was trying to basically pit people against one another. And so I'm, I, I'm for social media being the arbiter of truth and the way that Americans feel, but it needs to be an accurate representation of Americans. It doesn't need to be fake accounts and bots and people who are just the, the great and powerful Oz trying to manipulate perception. And if this accomplishes that or helps, then it will have been worth it. Or he will have devalued it to the point that the next person that wants to come along and buy it will pay a much more reasonable price than the $44 billion that he shoved out there on the table. So, like yourself? I don't know. I'm, I'm getting a little aggravated now. I mean, my stock my stock declined yesterday 1.5% with all this saber, saber rattling. Mm. I, I, just, I have to check my I mean, portfolio. You two have 10%, right? Well, I mean... Collectively, sure. Mm-hmm. We collectively, he and I own a large percentage mm-hmm. of it. The two of us together, we earn a lot. Americans are worse tippers now than pre-COVID. Mm. At the height of COVID nineteen pandemic, many Americans vowed to offset the negative impact on the service industry workers by becoming better tippers. But new data shows that Americans have not only failed to follow through; they are worse tippers than before COVID hit. While 73% of Americans say they always tip at a sit-down restaurant, that's down 77%. That's down from 77% in oh, 2019. Gosh, I was going to say. Yeah. We went from 79 to 73 in a couple of years. Although 57% of Americans always tip food delivery people, that's down from 63% in 2019. Now, I do agree that we really need to get, we need to get a handle on this. I would like to think some of this is you can be blamed on. Some of the restaurant models are changing. Some of, During COVID, some of the restaurateurs decided to change and increase wages to say tipping is not part of our business model. We're going to pay our employees whether you tip or not, so tipping is not necessary. So then you take people who have naturally been good tippers or understood the business model that it works on, and then you go, well, now wait a minute. If this person is being compensated through menu prices, then I don't have to be as gracious or I don't have to tip at all. But absent that, like, are they just going to put up a sign that says don't tip? Or like, you're so that almost gives you the reason to take a half a step back and go, 
well, what do I do in this case? And so you're, you end up maybe tapping, tap, tipping less or not tipping in instances that maybe you should because you've been given a false sense of the if, way that things are working. If you go down to a sit-down restaurant, I mean, me personally, there will never be a situation where I will never not tip. Mm-hmm. As somebody that worked, spent four years in, in, in that restaurant, that's how servers make their money. They don't make any money off of that. They get paid two forty an hour, and all that goes to taxes or whatever whatever the, the number is. I mean, I know that you know we, you'd have servers that would walk out maybe with no money on a day because, and, and it's just all of the factors that can go into why your food is being slow. Too. So, what if you go into a restaurant? where it is stated that the business model has changed to where they're making nor ha, nor have I uh, but I will tell you we were planning to go we were planning to go to Europe last summer yeah, and tipping's not a thing there really. that's right it, well a very small amount mm-hmm. is so if you go into a restaurant in Italy instead of tipping 15 to 20% you might tip a dollar or two, mm-hmm. like but on that's an also inti- because they pay them a living wage. That's that's right. The, their model is based on something that's not gratuitous, mm-hmm. and so. But I doubt this is the excuse that Mer- Americans have. But I can tell you that it's a kind of a complex issue sometimes on trying to figure out what you do and when. And I mean, you want to be appropriate. You don't want to insult people for their work and their I mean, and their efforts. I I will tip at least fifteen percent. Pretty much every single time, at least. And then if you're good, it'll get higher than that. An avocado truck has caught fire on a highway in uh, Ontario, Canada. I don't think toasted avocado is good. I mean, I, I get avocado, avocado toast, toast yeah. but not toasted avocado, right? I don't. I mean, I, didn't I don't think that was a thing. Some people yeah. don't. Some people do fried avocado. Like and then I, I loved this in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. So someone. It, it's bizarre. It's ingenious. It's enterprising. It's benevolent. I'm not sure how I feel about it. But someone in a neighborhood in Fort Walton went up and reconfigured the crosswalk push button. So the the button that says, you know, push here to cross is an electrified button mm-hmm. because it's what signals, hey, I need to cross. Mm-hmm. Well, someone somehow came through and rewired it. To an electrical outlet, so it's a charging station at the bus stop for people that. Why don't they do this to begin with? I mean, people would be that's genius because everybody would be standing around the pole, uh-huh. and no one will ever go anywhere. You'll just people see you'll just see people sitting underneath the pole with their phone plugged mm. in. But I thought it's like at the airport, you already know what you can always find where the plugs are just by finding the masses of people. That's right. But uh, somebody though. Yes. Had to make an unsafe mm-hmm. move and go, oh, I'm going to rewire this thing. So, hey, the water cooler question is coming up. Your chance to win. Straight ahead here on In the Know. Did you know that in Paris there are 40,000 restaurants? New York has 26,000 restaurants. Tokyo has 160,000 restaurants. Wow. It shows you the density of the city of Tokyo and how 160,000 – do they have a grocery stores even? If you have 160,000 restaurants, it's a lot of restaurants. people ever even go to – it's a lot. I mean, it's you think New York's a large too. city and they only have 26,000. 
That's uh, kind of unbelievable. All right, let's uh, find today's water cooler question. It's your chance to win by texting your answer to 270-259-6000, 270-259-6000. Going to give you your choice of uh, theme park tickets. You can take four of you to Beach Bend or two of you to Kentucky Kingdom or uh, Holiday World. And you've got to be able to solve this question. One in four people say this is their favorite smell. One in four people say this is their favorite smell. What is it? 270-259-6000. Text your answer to that number. And we'll see who can be the first to solve. One in four people say this is their favorite smell. I find it hard to believe. I'll just tell you. No, no. In what regard? Or is that open to interpretation? It says one in four people say this is their favorite smell. But you say it's hard to believe. Is that are you are, are you saying that this wrong. is? I wouldn't say this. I, this certainly is not my favorite smell. Two seven zero two five nine six thousand. Guess that rules bananas out. <laughs> I guess that rules Arkansas out. Boston <laughs> definitely definitely rules Boston out. Text the answer to two seven zero two five nine six thousand. Tiger, uh, Sam, can you believe Tiger turned down close to a billion dollars to go play on that, that new LIV tour that's causing all the chaos in golf? Does he need the money? He does not. I'm glad that he turned it down. He doesn't need um, the money. He can and make a billion. Him, he can make nearly a billion dollars doing something else pretty easily. And for him, I mean, he could. Yeah, like he said, he, especially here in America. Yeah, I mean, he can. You know, play, and I mean, I know that they've said that maybe they can still play the majors, maybe we'll not. See. Is they, it really? I mean, what the Masters are probably saying, Tiger? No, you need to come back because when Tiger's in the hunt on Sunday, ratings sure, shoot but that's up. with all the majors, you know, yeah. or basically any tournament. Uh-huh. A, a tournament Tiger is in draws much better than a, ti- a tournament the Tiger is not in, even if he's not playing well. Um, but I just. Um, the first ball hasn't been struck on this event in London yet. Mm-hmm. So I think some of PGA is holding some of this. They're waiting until a ball is actually struck by some of these guys who are saying they're resigning from the tour because some of those guys are resigning from the tour, but they still get their pensions. If they're suspended by the tour, then they don't get to keep their pensions or their deferred profit sharing and those types of things. But I mean, it shows you the Saudis and the other groups are backing this. If they've got nearly a billion dollars just to guarantee Tiger Woods to come play on their tour, they seem to be pretty serious about it. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry uh, share their first birthday photo of Lilibet, their youngest of their two children. And I thought it was kind of a cute photo. Um, she obviously has that red uh, hair coloring mm-hmm. that uh, Prince Harry has. It's a cute kid. Yeah, she's yeah, cute. She's, she's cute. I, yeah, I'm thinking back. They kind of laid low during the Jubilee, which is good because they could have easily upstaged or taken some of the air out of the room when it was the Queen's Day. Uh, but it did remind me, speaking, I was still chuckling over uh, William and Kate posted some photos of the weekend. And on, I think it was Instagram is what I read. But they said that... Um, Everyone had a big time 
celebrating the Jubilee, especially Louie, and then use the big bug eyes, you know, type of thing like, you know, Louie was, was putting on quite a show. It is clear Louie is a rascal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's also... He's also, what, two, three? Yeah, two, three, something like that. He doesn't know he's a royal. You know, he, do, he doesn't no. care, so he's funny. But Prince Andrew was also a rascal. So we hope that we hope that uh, Louis doesn't take the same path uh-huh. that uh, uh-huh. that uh, a- Andrew. Yeah, like a- didn't he go Andrew like this takes. to his mom? Or yeah, something? he gave him the old Bronx cheer, <laughs> I love and it. it was just holding. He was holding his ears and screaming when the planes flew over. And okay, uh, no vanilla, no gasoline, no yeah, grass. If your phone number ends in fifty six twenty four. You were the first person to correctly identify Campfire. Campfire was the, I'm like, Campfire? I mean, it smells unique. It would mm-hmm. not be my favorite. I can't believe one in four people say that's their favorite smell. I think it's probably a nostalgia thing. Like, when Maybe. you smell a campfire, because people enjoy camping. Other people. Yeah, True. I don't know of anybody in this room that enjoys. I enjoy camping with you if your name is Hilton. Nothing against camping. I go camping with my old friend Conrad Hilton. Not, not, I mean. Yeah. If somebody called me and said, hey, do you want to go camping and I wasn't doing anything, I wouldn't say no. Okay. But it's not like that's something that I'm. One weekend, my buddy Conrad was busy, so I camped with my old pal JW. But that's just. uh, Mm -hmm. Sam, I know you've seen this headline, but. Supposedly, Ted Lasso's third season may be its final season. Are you okay with that? Hasn't that been the plan? Has that already from, been known? I think that I think that's been the plan forever. Because, and I think with when you got something good, you don't want to overdo it just because it's, it's popular. That's right. You got to know think, exactly the right time. And I, you? my presumption is, is, with a lot of shows like these, they have had an ending planned. This is how it's going to end. They started it with the end uh-huh. in mind. That's and good. So I don't know that that's the case, but that's me assuming, and I, I assume that they have a final idea and now they can just work towards that idea we got to resolve the nate issue though right yeah no, i think everybody if you haven't seen it yet then you know we can say a spoiler but yeah so I, we, nate, we got a button we didn't say what happens to nate Nate's, but we got to nate gotta turns re- into a jack wagon. we got to resolve the nate thing and then just bring it it'll all wrap it uh-huh. back up and it'll be its perfect thing three seasons in there it just that's that's very good i like it so we got to get to a break we'll come back wrap it up for the morning you're on in the know B's point to ponder for today. What's the weirdest or most unexpected thing a guest has done at your house? <laughs> we thought of the same thing, I'll bet. Oh, maybe I don't know. I didn't think that. I didn't think the thing I thought of would make you laugh that much. But does it involve a room in our home? Um. Well. So, sort of, yes. The hand towel? Yes, the hand towel. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Someone someone stole a hand towel from our guest bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, but the story behind it, we we, <laughs> we think there was some cleanup involved. No, we're just hoping that yeah, well, I their mean, belly we're prob- was okay. We're probably better without. Yes, knowing. We're probably better without the hand towel, but it was weird. Like, mm-hmm. what happened to the... Who's, who steals a hand towel? Yeah. Kind of, Mason, uh, Mason Tackett. Yeah, who's, who steals well, a cheese what, grater? Who steals cheese grater? He stole my soap. Yeah. Anything else, uh, anything weird ever happened at your house, Sam? I mean, uh, the guess? only people that really come to my house are my parents. And I mean, I can't, yeah. I'm, my mother is watching. Oh, oh, well, 
My mom is going to say this one. This was our cat. Brought a live oh, frog. And we okay. were eating dinner okay. one night, and the cat brought in a frog that was still alive. Oh, well. I mean, frog legs are good. I mean, if they're prepared properly. She, she was just trying to bring us dinner. <laughs> exactly. My mom didn't want to cook it, though. Well, you all were eating, so uh-huh. she, she wanted to she eat wanted as well. To eat, yeah. uh, we did not see this when we went to the theater, but it's not surprising. 36 years after the U.S. Navy set up recruitment booths at movie theaters as Top Gun screened, they're back in time for the sequel. Moviegoers are already reporting seeing Navy recruitment booths near concession stands at the movie theater. If you missed it the first... Like, they should have been out there the first week. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just missing out on opportunities if you miss the first two weekends. But I think it's um, it's a good move. Yeah, the Navy, the Navy really didn't want to do Top Gun originally. They didn't want to give uh, Jerry Bruckheimer and uh, Don Simpson, I think it was his name. They didn't really want to give them the access they were looking for. And then they got convinced that it was a real opportunity, and it was. I mean, it really boosted naval recruitment for uh, for many years. On television tonight, the NHL playoffs are on your device. It might be a big device. It might be a small device. It might be television. It might be streaming. Now it's hard to know. America's Got Talent is on NBC. On Fox, TMZ presents Johnny versus Amber from Love to Hate. Oh, good. A television special already. I'll pass. And on A&E, Bobby Brown, Every Little Step. I'll pass. I'll probably pass on that as well. Today's highlight in history, this day, 1965, the U.S. Supreme Court in Griswold versus Connecticut struck down a 7-2, to a Connecticut law used to prosecute Planned Parenthood Clinic in New Haven. In 1712, Pennsylvania's Colonial Assembly voted to ban the further importation of slaves. Battle of Midway ended this date, 1942. Birthdays today, Jenny Jones, well, let's do Tom Jones first. Uh, singer Tom Jones is 82. What's new, Pussycat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. Yeah, I know that one now. Former talk show host Jenny Jones is 76. Liam Neeson is 70. Liam Neeson. Mike Pence is 63. Dave Navarro is 55. Bill Hader is 44. Anna Kornikova is 41. Iggy Azalea is 32. And Fetty Wap is 31 today. 1738 to you. Is that what? That's one. I think that's one of his songs. Oh, Sam knows a Fetty song. I didn't. Well, it was just always. I remember the, that at, at Western there was one of the, the one of the restaurants there would have a number that you would get called, and it was always everybody's goal to get because that song was really popular to get seventeen thirty eight. Gotcha. I never was around for when the moment would come. All, right. All I know is Johnny Horton's Battle of New Orleans, eighteen fourteen. Mm-hmm. Took a little trip. Gone but not forgotten, Bo Brummel in 1778, James Braddock, 1905, Jessica Tandy, 1909, Dean Martin in 1917, Ken Osmond in 1943, he played Eddie Haskell on Leave it to Beaver. Thurman Munson, catcher for the Yankees, mm-hmm. died uh, in uh, August of 79. He was born in this date in 1947. I thought he died young. Yeah, I'd... Prince Rogers Nelson, born this date in 1958. The purple one. How did... Thurman Munson died. Plane crash. That's right. I thought so. Let's go. Talking about being having to tell eight year old me 
that the Yankees catcher died mm-hmm. in a plane crash? Mm-hmm. Not an easy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Do I love her, Lordy love? Her pappy came from Texas and her ma from Arkansas. Red Foley, I'm Birmingham Bounce, number one in 1950. Like a little piece of string. Oh, wait a minute. This is Texarkana, baby. This is from 1980. This is from 1980? 1940. It was remade. It was remade in 80. <laughs> what happened to the 80s? Te- Texarkana, baby. There's not enough drums in there for me. We went to Texarkana once. I was happy to be out of Arkansas. You're drawn like a moth to a flame. Is that why it's good when you're going south on 65 when you finally hit Louisville? Because you're out of Indiana? I'd rather go to Indiana than go to Arkansas. Or when you're in Franklin, Kentucky. 1966, the Rolling Stones painted black. And they're still going, too. And and going at a pretty good clip, too. I mean, they... They look like they're about 125 years old, but... Yeah, that's true. John Denver. Well, I got me a fine wife. I got 75. the sun's coming up. I got cakes on the griddle. Life ain't nothing but a funny, funny riddle. Thank God I'm a country boy. Thanks. Teresa Buckles was just clapping her hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I knew better than to say anything. It's a true story. Mm-hmm. Let's go to... Weird Perry. Oh, sure. Weird hearing John Denver not take me home. Uh, After all he had more than that one song. Yes. Believe it or not. Charlene, I've never been to me, was number one in 82. Uh, Heart, All I Want to Do, Make Love to You, number one in 90. A couple of your chart toppers for today. So there you go. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today says... Don't let the world change your smile. Use your smile to change the world. Don't let the world change your smile. Use your smile to change the world. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Remember, God loves you, and I do too. If you don't know Jesus, let me know, and I'll introduce you. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Sam Gormley, for B, I'm MB, and now you're in the know.